and welcome to None of Your Business Podcast, where we bring you inspiring storytelling from the heart. I'm your host, Robert DeLude. Thank you for joining me today. Now let the show begin. Right on. All right. So we are recording now. I got Gentry Jones or Gentry Fawn Jones, if she is ever going to go in and be a country star. (laughs) So Gentry, welcome to the None of Your Business podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So who are you and what do you do? Um, I am a sober mom on Instagram. Um, also, I work as actually an accountant at a fruit packing warehouse, but my hobby is basically my life with Gentry, like Instagram page where yeah. I just promote a lot about sober living, mental health, um, just being like lighthearted about it, but serious about it and just kind of not making it such a tough, touchy subject for people to just open up about. Yeah, no, totally. I get that. So how long have you been sober? Um, well, there's a like, that's complicated. <laughs> well, I, so I got sober on May 1st of 2018. Okay. Um, at the beginning of COVID, I had um, just not, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. Everybody was struggling during that time, but there was a, a night that I had an opportunity to drink and I drank for a couple hours um, and it did not end well. And then um, I got back on the sober train the very next day. So I really got sober May 1st um, and they just had kind of a few hour lapse in there. But if you're going like sober streak, then it would be 4-4 four, four of 2020 is my sober date. But I hear you. Like <laughs> I first got sober when in 2013. And then um, I've had surgeries, I relapsed, uh, homeless in Vegas through years. So like, I get it. I was like, well, I've been in recovery for, you know, almost eight years, but I relapsed. So um, Mm -hmm. I get it now. Um, January 5th, I'll have two years. So yeah. So what does your drinking look like? I was a binge drinker. For okay. the most part. What do you mean by that? Um, like once once I started, there was just like no off button. It was pretty much until I was blacked out, passed out. Like that's kind of my and if I didn't get to that blacked out, passed out, it was a lot of work. <laughs> like it was just constantly thinking, like, I'm not gonna go that route tonight. I'm not gonna go that route. Like I'm trying so hard to not like just sneak shots and um whatever and it did it was always like um it was always a lot of work to not get drunk but then at the so at that's how I kind of like started I was always been drinking like at parties and whatnot then after I had my twins I had some postpartum depression on top of that and just felt um very overwhelmed with four kids and it be started to be more of like a closet drinker too, like where I'm now hiding bottles throughout my house. And I kind of needed, if I was off during the day, I was there, I was drunk by the time my ex-husband got home. Like it was just, it was, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what like made you like, what was like your rock bottom? Like Gentry needs to get sober. Like what was that hitting point for you? 
I, there was never, there was a lot of rock bottoms and the day I got sober wasn't probably my worst day or worst drunk uh, moment, but it was, it was the day that I got sober was actually, I had drank at a work uh, lunch Mm -hmm. and then kind of freaked out and wanted to keep drinking and like got really bad anxiety, kind of just basically left work without telling anyone what I was doing or where I was going. And they all knew I had drank. Um, so I came home and was just kind of feeling like my kids would be better off without me. The world would be better off without me and passed out. Like I just got more alcohol obviously on the way home and drank until I passed out. Um, and it wasn't the first time that I drank till I passed out. It wasn't the first time that I'd done something like that, but my, it was the first time that they probably recognized that it was the alcohol that was causing that, or it wasn't that Gentry was just sick or whatever. So I think the fact that it was like outside of my inner circle that might have caught on to the fact that I had a problem was a huge part in me actually quitting that day. But I had a lot of worst moments, like with my kids or like just kind of, it was just compounding. Like if it was just that one isolated event, I probably wouldn't have quit. It was just like everything yeah. that had Snowball happened up effect. to that. Yeah. It was yeah, just kind of like, totally. okay, this has to stop. I get that. I get that. Like, man um so many times like i probably should have like got sober like and when i originally got into recovery like the feds were busting it down my friend's doors like we're shooting up heroin shit's just like real crazy and like you think like for any normal person like yeah this i should probably like never go back to this but you know through through my time of being you know in and out of the rooms and being sober and whatever um, like I was in Vegas, uh, in 2018, was it? Yeah. 2018. I was in Vegas, uh, for like five months homeless. Like the crackheads were like, Hey man, you should get sober. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I got this. Like, it's fine. So like, mm-hmm. I definitely understand like the thinking, like, should I get sober? Well, yeah. mm-hmm. So now, right. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, that was like for parenting wise, the probably my worst moment was I had drank in the morning and I was in charge of my two twins and they were three months old at this time. And I was going to meet my friends to go swimming and I had drove over there like drunk and passed out in the car with the twins in the back seat. And they found me and like freaked out and whatever, but like normal people would be like that's it I'm done I think I was sober for about two weeks after that and then I then I thought I could like figure it out again so that was probably my worst moment but even then it was like I was still so in that like addiction mindset that it was it wasn't enough yeah absolutely so now you're sober you're living a kick-ass life you're do part-time comedian you you are a (laughs) part-time comedian motivational speaker Super, uh, not super, sober enthusiast. So your life is going well, right? Now that you have the life that you want, like, what, what are you doing, like, in your free time? Like, what makes you happy these days? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I remember wanting to get sober and being really afraid of being, like, alone and how I felt like I was going to feel so lonely. 
but now kind of my alone time is where I feel like the most like content yeah. <laughs> which and so um I don't I think like a lot of the times like just hanging out like that I, like hanging out at my house making reels like that sounds super lame and dumb but or writing or something but um I don't go out as much and I don't do I have like a smaller circle of friends but they're good friends and we kind of just watch stupid shows like The Bachelorette and do arts and crafts. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, so were you always an accountant? Like even in your drinking or like? Yeah. So okay. I got my CPA license. Um, so I finished college. I was pregnant during college. So that kind of helped with sobriety <laughs> because you can't drink you're pregnant um, or you're not supposed to. But um, I went to college and got my accounting degree and then my fifth year and then um, got my CPA license and worked in accounting firm for a while and then and then went and started working at a fruit packing warehouse. Okay, okay. You know, my, my buddy, uh, he went to prison for identity theft and then he became an accountant. And I think that's kind of, I think that's cool, but like kind of funny. Also, like you trust this guy with your money, and <laughs> but that's just like the cool thing about getting sober is like mm-hmm. you know. So, if you could tell like the younger version of yourself like three things, like three things, like it's gonna be okay. Moments, mm-hmm. like what three pieces of advice would you tell the younger version of yourself? No. That's a interesting question. There is no wrong answer. <laughs> um, I would I would say to be patient, probably, because I think I was always wanting a quick fix with relationships or with alcohol or whatever and not letting it like like the sobriety lasts long enough to really sink in. So mm-hmm. patience. Um, oh, three things that I would tell my younger self. Perfection is annoying. <laughs> um, I don't know what the last one would be. And reels on Instagram. Huh? Make reels on Instagram. Yeah, I will. I wish I would have followed kind of like, I know that sounds cheesy that like, that's a, like a real hobby, but I always thought I would do some, something in that field of like doing videos or being in, going to LA or doing like, not even necessarily like being like, just being working on a set somewhere doing that kind of stuff. But then I got pregnant and then I, um, kind of had to move home and I think part of getting pregnant so maybe this is something I would tell my younger self I mean I love my kids I don't regret my kids but before I got pregnant with my son I was just very very desperate to feel loved and kids babies love you unconditionally and I didn't like get pregnant necessarily on purpose but it was very much like searching for love like searching to be loved and so I think that I wish I would have told myself to just be a little bit more like love yourself and not expect something else to get filled that void 
Yeah. So yeah. why do you think you were like, why do you think you were searching for that? Like what was lacking in you? Um, well, I just think like insecurities and stuff, just feeling like I wanted to be liked. I wanted to um, be enough for people. And... <laughs> hey guys, just take a quick break. And I want to let you know that none of your business has some t-shirts out now so go over to instagram at none of your business podcast or at robert delude dm me let's order you some shirts also if you want to do some one-on-one -on -one coaching with me go over to instagram or facebook and dm me today so and where i got the t-shirts was www.eastcoasttags.com if you guys want your own merch go over there michelle is amazing check her out i love her seriously it's amazing so anyways hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode and make sure you share this with a friend so you want to be liked yeah yeah so that was definitely i think that i think that and i think that contributed to like just alcohol too where i i've always had a big personality but when you drink alcohol it's like you have an excuse to act like an idiot we're all just act like an idiot without alcohol so um i think like alcohol kind of gave me an excuse to be a little bit like have some have an excuse if somebody didn't like the way i was mm -hmm. that makes sense oh absolutely like it makes sense to me because i always <laughs> feel like i'm not enough I get in these toxic codependent relationships. I, and then when those ends, I drink or use. And that's just my cycle. Well, that used to be my cycle. I am trying to not say that's my cycle anymore because that's not my cycle. Like I'm Robert. I'm not. I'm a podcaster. I'm enough. I'm not somebody who used to shoot up heroin. I'm not an addict. I'm not an alcoholic. Yes, I do have a drug and alcohol problem for sure. But that's not my identity right and i i hate not hate but like affirmations are important as hell like i am i am i am well if i am an addict i'm just putting a negative stigma on that mm -hmm. so like if you were gonna like describe yourself in one word what are you who are you Well, Jackie, what would you describe me in one word? Um, I don't know. Busy. Busy. <laughs> busy. Actually, that's probably not a bad one because, like, my brain is really busy. My like, I got four kids. I like, I have a full time job, but then I'm also trying to like sell shirts and I'm trying to keep up my Instagram and I'm trying. So I just like, I have to be busy. That's maybe yeah. a good way to describe me. So. Does a you have four kids? Yeah. Wow. That's just like, how do you have time to do anything else? Well, I have help. So <laughs> I have like a babysitter that comes to the house that helps me a lot with like um, household stuff. Like she kind of will run laundry and stuff during the day, which is huge. Um, and then I, I don't, I don't know. Like, 
when, the more you have, like, they just kind of the easier because they all kind of entertain each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have time for like a morning routine? Um, yeah, so I get up at five and I write or, um, mostly write or I'll like, or I'll like work on like Instagram posts, mm-hmm. but basically writing those two because my posts are kind of like little blog. Yeah. Um, and so I try to get up at five usually every day and then kind of have that alone time. If my kids will allow, allow it, the twins like to get up early too. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you like to write about? Um, sobriety, mostly mental yeah. health kind of. And then I just kind of like journal sometimes when I'm like frustrated about something, I'll just like journal so that I can get it out and yeah. not necessarily have those like rage text messages <laughs> that I used to go to. Yeah, I understand <laughs> very much. Um, yeah, that one hits a little too much to home because I would do that a lot. I don't do yeah. it. I don't, I don't, I haven't done it in a while, but yeah. Oh yeah. I still do it in sobriety. Well, I'll just get like, I just like can't stop. Like I just have to like make my point and it never, I mean, it's never, I never have like the last word. I, like I think I want to, but right. The other day I was really proud of myself because I was like about to send a really long passive aggressive text and I like deleted and I was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Progress. Progress. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So if you could wake up anywhere, there wasn't COVID. There wasn't, you could just wake up anywhere with anyone you want in any country, whatever. Well, let's call this the perfect day. What would your perfect day look like? No kids. (laughs) Kid free. No, no, I like my kids sometimes. Um, So, well, I, I I don't know. You're asking like hard questions. <laughs> These questions um, are about you. I know, but I don't. You know have all the answers. I don't know myself as well as I thought I did. I guess. Um, I a perfect day, no COVID. Well, if I could hang out with anyone, it would probably be Rachel Hollis because I'm slightly obsessed with her. Okay. And she's a motivational speaker, and her, like, I would uh, her tribe would be kind of fun to hang out with. For cool. No, I. Uh... I dig it. I love uh, her 3%. Her, is it a 3% podcast that series that she got that's going on? Trent, Sh- Trent Shelton does one of them. Oh, yeah. Okay, I like him, too. And then she's starting another one. Um, I don't know. Her um, ex-husband, or soon-to-be ex-husband, he, uh, he came out to talk about sobriety and stuff, so he would be interesting, too. Like, the, just all those guys that... Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be in Austin, Texas, hanging out with those people. <laughs> so besides, okay. Well, usually my <laughs> follow-up question is, what's stopping you? Um, the restraining orders. No, just <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, I the fear of a restraining order is probably what's. <laughs> Otherwise, I would fly down there and just like knock on their door. Well, you know, hey, make it real. See if you can manifest it. Like, well, I've I've like started following all of her friends. I like email her every week. <laughs> like, I it's a little bit crazy, but um, 
I think that I will be able to speak with her someday. Like I truly believe that. So yeah, sure. I don't know when, but I believe it will happen. Yeah. Did she write the book Girl Wash Your Face? Or is that someone? Mm -hmm. else? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I like your work. I like your work. So what made you like get into comedy? Well, I just think that I'm funny. That's <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I just all and my my stuff I mean like right now there's nothing to, you can't I can't talk anywhere I can't do anything so like everything that I like pretend that I am is all on my Instagram just like trying to be funny trying to entertain people like I love it mm -hmm. I love it yeah I love it and like we're living in such a weird time right now right I don't even know like so I moved to Missoula because like there's like comedy shows going on there's like concerts you know, it's actually like a city, not just like Helena. You can like go there and retire and gamble. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to Missoula and then like the shutdown happened. And now it's like, well, I just feel like I'm living in Helena because all I do is go to work and then do, do my podcast. So like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Which is, it's kind of cool though, because like, just the opportunity to have to learn how to reach people in a different way so and it works it works really well for me and my schedule because I do have four kids I do work full-time so it's not like I can just travel doing doing things like I so be able to be able to just like do interviews like this or to do whatever I want to post online and try and like reach people is it's easier for me yeah no totally totally I get that do you have like maybe like a regimen or something like some tools if somebody's like trying to get sober or they're struggling with their sobriety right now like what kinds of words of wisdom could you give to them right now when i was first trying to get sober um it was extremely overwhelming and i tried to do like okay, I'm going to get healthy and like eat healthy and exercise this many times a week. And, and I tried to do all of it at once and then would fail because it's just a lot to change every habit at the same yeah. time. And then when I was trying to just focus on sobriety, I kept kind of, I would do better, but then kept having setbacks. And, um, the first thing that, so when I, I stopped kind of focusing on sobriety and I just focus on making my bed every day. Mm -hmm. And that for me, like, was like a, like a symbol of if I make my bed every day, that means I have to get out of my bed because what would happen is I'd get really depressed and then, um, like binge and stay in my bed or stay home or whatever. So to get up and make my bed every day, got me out of my bed. And then it just kind of everything around my, in my room started to be picked up a little bit more. So I, I think if you take smaller steps um, and not try to like accomplish a perfect sober life right away, because if that's feeling too overwhelming, you can do smaller things to kind of build up to a healthier life mm -hmm. and while you're still working on your sobriety. Yeah. No. Yeah. I get that. Like when I first got sober, I couldn't even like cook my own meal. I don't know how, which like doing heroin, you don't really eat a lot. So like who would want to cook a meal? But like, I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. Luckily I had somebody who could like spoon feed me sobriety 
and tell me like how a responsible adult acts and i'm like i don't know what to do like help but you know with with sobriety and where my life is now like i get to have amazing conversations with you know people like you um and just i get to live like a life that like i never thought i could and Mm -hmm. it's all because i got sober so what are some miracles that you have experienced in your sobriety Um, well, like you, how you were just saying how you get to live a life that you were, you like never thought was possible or whatever. Like, um, I think that the benefit of having to go through those struggles or having to deal with addiction is that like, I find miracles in the fact that like my son a couple months ago fell and hit his head and he, he was we were trying to figure out if he needed stitches or not. And I didn't once have to think if I could drive him to the hospital. Like, like to me, that's a miracle. Like, because before it was like, if I was home with them and it was dark, I was drinking. Like yeah. I couldn't have drove him to the hospital. Absolutely. And that was like, not even a thought. It was just like, do we need to go? Do we not need to go? And so like little things like that, like just, just having appreciation for the fact that there used to be so much more thinking and, um so much more negotiating going on in my head all the time that I don't have to deal with anymore Mm -hmm. so when you're in your head like what are some tools that you use to like get out of yourself fitness is really really important for me and it's like once I'm already kind of like down a bad path it's hard for me to come back but if I consistently kind of like work out or making sure I'm doing doing some sort of physical activity throughout the week um I don't seem to go down a bad path as often (laughs) so it's kind of I have to be a lot more I think aware of um or what's that pre pre, what's the word I'm trying to think of not so what the what the insurance people have tell you that pre no <laughs> not pre-existing so that's what i was about to say it's um <laughs> ah, i don't know like before before you go before you proactive. get sick. proactive there we go not pre okay. <laughs> you win <laughs> that was the right answer uh proactive i have to be a lot more proactive so that i don't get to places where i have to try and pull myself back out yeah totally i get that so if you could wake up no not could like you're gonna wake up and they're gonna delete instagram right you have one hour to post your last last real last blog whatever your last post and this is going to be your message to the world so what is your message to the world um follow me on facebook (laughs) (laughs) you didn't say facebook you just said instagram you're right (laughs) That would give them another avenue. (laughs) I love the marketing. So, (laughs) 
Um, but okay, but seriously, so I would try, I, it would, I don't know. I don't know. I would tell Jamal. I would find another way to be able to communicate with them. Okay. Okay. That's all right. Oh, shit. My, I don't know if my chair just broke or <laughs> what, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to lean back anymore. Cool. Well, Gentry, thank you so much for your time. I know I learned something and I appreciate you. So what can I do for you? How can I help you? Um, I don't know. All right. Well, you just <laughs> if you think of something, you just let me know. Okay. All right. It, yeah, your your listeners are welcome to follow me at Life with Gentry. That would be fun. Yes, I, I like. I meant to ask that, and then I, I totally. So thank you. Yeah. So where people can find you, um, Life at Gentry, and then any. Do you have a website? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So also, what you could do is you could buy an AF squared shirt. So I have AF squared shirts, which stands for alcohol free as fuck. Can I say that on your podcast? I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> okay. Um, or for like my kids, I tell them it, it stands for alcohol free and fun. But it's <laughs> AF squared, and it's like a secret little club because only people that are alcohol free know knows what it stands for. So um, if you go to afsquared.com, you can order them there. We have I have tanks, I have t-shirts, I have sweatshirts. Oh, um, right. and then two dollars of every shirt that's sold is going to go to a nonprofit that supports um, either al- drug and alcohol awareness or drug and alcohol rehabilitation. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna go buy my shirt. So. <laughs> everyone else go buy your shirt so okay. um my listeners they know to go to eastcoasttags.com to buy your merch but right now <laughs> what is it called again afsquared.com afsquared.com right i'll spelled out cool 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 mm-hmm. 